It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS, Twitter.tv slash AJ Nick3. Big show on this Thursday edition of the pod. We got a lot of NFL headlines to talk about in the kickoff. NFL owners meetings, so both Goodell and Troy Vincent talking about the officials. So we'll start the show with that into an NFL Week 15 preview. Then a couple college bowl games to look at over this weekend. Then to footy with a Champions League match day six recap. Weekend soccer preview. A lot of college basketball games in Friday into Saturday that I got listed here to speak about. And then we got the picks at the end of the show with Sarah Pulaks and the pick six. So a big show. Listen, I know I love golf and the majors. I'm not talking about Liv. I really don't want to talk about it. It's going to get me upset. Rom, I, I'm, I am upset with Rom. And I don't want to talk about it anymore because I'm going to get pissed. And I don't want to do that segment. So we're not doing golf right now, okay? Anyway, on this program, we'll do NFL headlines, NFL Week 15 preview, some college football bowls to look forward to this weekend, then a Champions League match day six recap, a weekend soccer preview, college basketball, start pool locks, and pick six at the end of the program. All right, kick it off with some NFL headlines. And we had the NFL owners meeting, so a lot coming out of this. Specifically, I want to start with the officiating, which has been a topic on everybody's mind. And Goodell saying that specifically about the Tony offside, that it's the right call. Um, And Troy Vincent also said we have to act, quote, responsibly uh, when the calls are missed because we want the game to be played on the field, which is fair. Uh, Vincent also said, we're always looking to improve officiating. We're not perfect. It's a constant work in progress. The concern is to make sure we're getting better. And uh, Goodell said, we understand the criticism. That's not new. You get that. It's frustrating. We know how hard the players are playing. We know how much the fans put in that. So uh, they're going to get the work, going to work their butts off to get close. So they know they can't get every call right, basically. So those are the quotes from Goodell and Troy Vincent, because, listen, some of the officiating has been not good. And I'm not just talking about this Chiefs call is the right call. I, I talked about on Tuesday's show, if he checked with um, the official on the sideline and said, hey, I'm good here, and the ref said he was good, and then he flagged them, that's a problem for the officials. But if he had never looked over at the ref, the ref's like, yo, yo, yo. That's on Tony a million percent. That's a foul. Like, I, I don't want to hear it if that's the situation. I believe that's what it is. So, but... The weeks prior, you can look at Phil, uh, Kansas City getting a couple calls go there against them, which are unfortunate. They did get a call uh, in that Packer game, but they didn't get the big call is what they're looking for late. So those are some quotes about the officials. And then we got some more um, matters discussed, as they say. Uh, this is from whose article? I want to give them credit. Jeremy Fowler, the senior NFL reporter for ESPN. So I want to give him credit. Uh, for putting these talking points together in bullet points, even though I hate bullet points and a professor in me, but it worked for this article, that's for sure. Um, so the owners discussed the tush-push play, not enough momentum to change it, sample size too small to say that it's enhanced injury. 
And they said, uh, Vincent said, Philly does it better than anyone else. That's a fact. You don't want to punish anyone for doing something well, unquote. That's fair. Until somebody gets hurt. We'll see what happens. Um, then they're talking about the hip drop tackle. Vincent called it a gruesome play. They're not going to outlaw hustle plays or tackles from behind. They can't, right? So the chief concern, they say, is the grip rotate tactic. Uh, grip rotate drop tactic. Uh, research shows hip drop tackle carries 20 to 25 times the injury risk of traditional tackle. Okay, yes, I, I understand it's an injury risk and we should try to make the game safer, absolutely. But if you can't hit them high, you can't hit them low, and now you can't hit them from behind. So if you're behind the play, what are you supposed to do? Sprint to get in front of him so you can square up, and then, God forbid, if you get even with him, you can can you tackle him from the side? Is the side okay? You know, so I, I get it, the hip drop. And listen, my team got affected in a playoff game by the hip drop. Tony Pollard broke his leg at the end of the first half. And I know the Cowboys aren't playing great, but they took a dynamic player from the Cowboys offense off the field. Because of that play. And I understand it, it has this injury risk. They have the study, sure. But what do you want defensive players to do? So what are they supposed to do? Just hold, hug them? Hug them until somebody else can, and they can, you know, gracefully put them to the ground? Is that, what are we doing? It's a physical game. There are going to be injuries. Like, I, I get it. We want to make it safe. And as safe as it can be, for sure. Especially at the younger levels. And I don't want to be like, these guys are paying millions of dollars to put their bodies on the line. They can put their bodies... That's not what I'm saying. But at some point, we have to look at each other in the eye and say, this is a physical game where there are injuries. If we just keep outlawing everything, it's going to get... It's going to be a shadow of itself. So I, I get it. We want to make the game as safe as possible. For sure. I understand that. 100%. I understand it. What are you going to tell defenders to do when they're chasing people from behind? Because you can't grab them by the horse collar. 15 yards. Now let's say the hip drop tackle is 15 yards. You can't trip them. That's a foul. We supposed to just jump on their back? And hope they come backwards. Like what are you supposed to land forwards? What are you supposed to do? I'd love to know. So I get it. I just I just disagree with it. I, like it's still a physical sport. There are gonna be injuries. I understand we wanna lessen them we wanna lessen the, the opportunities for yes, for sure. For sure. But at what point are we like, okay. That's good. I don't know. Obviously, we're not there yet. Then they're talking about the kickoff uh, touchback. A ceremonial play reduces injury, but it's not a long-term fix for the touchback rule. League has asked competition committee to discover alternates. That's like the um, the one where they kick it off and the guys are like five yards away from each other down the field, but the ball gets kicked off from the, the 35 or whatever. I mean, it's interesting. I can see something happening there. And then they're talking about why or they're discussing the fumble through the back of the end zone as a touchback for the defense. 
And Packers president Mark Murphy called the rule, quote-unquote, too punitive. Well, here's my opinion about that. If you're going to stick the ball over the goal line, you better get a touchdown. And if you lose control of it, what? so it's just supposed to be out, out at the one and there's no repercussions, you just get to keep the ball? I don't think so. I think it should be a turn. I think it's one of the best rules in sports, to be honest with you. I truly believe that. I think the fumble through the back of the end zone for a touchback for the defense is one of the best rules in all of sports. Risk reward. You risk it, you could lose the ball. Don't stick the ball out. They always say that. Unless it's third or fourth down and you know, whatever, fourth down, don't stick the ball out. There you go. All right, so those are some stuff coming out. The owners meeting will have some more of that, I'm sure. Justin Herbert with the finger injury has now joined the list of QBs out for the season. We think Rodgers will be out. He should be out, like, enough, you know. So it's Herbert, Rodgers, Burrow, Richardson, Watson, Daniel Jones, and Kirk Cousins are out for the season. We've had guys start the season injured and come in. Uh, we've had guys miss some games for sure. So that is the list of guys that are out for the season. Technically, and now Justin Herbert joins that list, the Charger quarterback. More Belichick rumors, which I do find interesting because I wonder – how much he's going to want to take on an entirely new project. I, I wonder how much of that he wants to do at his age to go to an entirely new situation, a new city, a new environment. You know, does he want to do that? I don't know. I, I could see him continuing it out in New England for sure, especially if they, like, figure out what the quarterback is going to look like um, next season and in the future because he needs a quarterback. We all know that. But for him to be like, oh, he's going to Washington. Oh, he's going to the Chargers. Like, done deal. See you later, Belichick. I don't know about that. I really don't know. Now, if it was Parcells, he would have quit 20 years ago. <laughs> but it's not. It's Belichick. He's been hanging out. So I, I don't see him going this season. If In this offseason, if he does, that'd be crazy. Uh, the NFL is going to play a game in Brazil next year. could be... Eight international games next year, possibility. Listen, I told you this maybe a few years ago, maybe on M&A as well, but we're get, we're going to a European division soon. I, I would say within five years, there's a European division. I really believe that, where you're going to go over there for two, three weeks, play two, three games, then come back. They're going to come over here for two, three weeks, play a couple games, then go back. Like I, I think that's really where we're headed. Um, because there's no real reason to play regular season games elsewhere unless you want to expand. Because to lose home games and to have fans travel to other cities to not get that revenue for your team's cities that your ball clubs are in, like, I don't know. I don't know. But we're headed for divisions and different continents, that's for sure. You can't see that. The, the writing's clearly on the wall, folks. I mean, I don't know what to tell you if you don't believe that. Uh, Los Angeles is going to get another Super Bowl. They're going to get it in 2027. Famously, the Rams winning it over Joe Burrow and the Bengals. The year after, the Bucks had won at home. The Rams went at home. So uh, that was the storyline, one of the storylines in that Super Bowl, as we know. So now L.A. getting a second Super Bowl in 2027. And speaking of playoffs and Super Bowls or, you know, games in the postseason, Al Michaels apparently isn't going to call a playoff game because Amazon doesn't have a playoff game. Uh, he 
thought he had kind of a deal with NBC that he gets one of the games as long as he's calling them um, and not working for another network. He, yeah, he's working for Amazon. Is that necessarily a network? No, I'd say it's a streaming service. It, we could get bogged down by definitions, but it is what it is there. But I'll tell you this right now. I love Tariko. I think Tariko is one of the best in the biz, so I have no problem with him taking Al Michael's spot. It was time for Al to go and find a new network for sure and, and find a new project. I, I don't disagree with anything that's happened there. But if you're going to tell me, and I'm not knocking the kid, Noah Eagle. I think Noah Eagle does a really good job. Um, I think if he would, like, if his name wasn't Eagle, he'd still be pretty good. But, like, he definitely benefited from his dad being in the business. Obviously, I mean, that's clear as day. Everybody knows that, right? But I think he still calls a really good game. The kid that didn't benefit from his dad being in the business but got a job. Anyway, Jack Collinsworth is horrendous play-by-play. And I'm not trying to knock the guy. Like, I'm really not. Like, I don't really have a bone to pick with him. He seems like a nice kid. He's he's not good. He's not good enough. So, uh, no Eagles one thing. No ego, I think, is on his way. You know, maybe 20, 30 years if he's still in this business doing what he's doing. Like, he's calling Super Bowls. I can see that 100%. I think no Eagles are very talented. Jack Collinsworth is not that talented when it comes to this. And to have Al Michaels not doing a game because Jack Collins was doing please, what are we doing? And honestly, if I'm Al Michaels, I go to Chris and I'm like, hey, what are we doing here? I'm really not going to call a playoff game because your son's doing that. Come on. Make a phone call. Tell your kid not, not his time yet. And people could argue, well, it's not Al's time. And listen, Al calls when Al goes. He's a legend. He can do what he wants. Okay? And I understand this might not be NFL headlines or this is an X's and O's and people might not care about the broadcasters or what I do. Okay? And, I, and again, I think No Eagle does a good job. I got no nothing against No Eagle. I really don't. Collinsworth Kids, I do. I don't think Collinsworth Kids is good at all. And if he's going to call a playoff game instead of Al Michaels, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> so that's that's all I got to say about that, as Forrest Gump's once said. All right, let's go. NFL Week 15 preview. Thursday night we get started with Chargers and Raiders, and as I just alluded to in the kickoff, no Justin Herbert. It's going to be no Keenan Allen as well for the Chargers. So this is a bad, bad game. Uh, this is a... And the Raiders are coming off getting shut out at home. And they only gave up three points, which credit to them. They only gave up three points. Fine. Great effort defensively. They didn't score. So you think you're going to win that game, you lose it. So, I, you know, that's tough. So Vegas, I think the defense will be up for the task, especially going up against Easton Stick. No offense against Easton, who is a great uh, FCS college football player. Listen, it's a different speed. It's a different game. I'm not trying to knock the kid, but come on. What are we talking about here? Okay, so I um, I think Vegas wins this game. O'Connell will get his team in the end zone. I think the Chargers defense is good, but now without Herbert, without out, they got to be perfect. Like, the only way the Chargers win this game is if the Raiders don't score again. I, I, I really believe that. If the Raiders get a field goal, two field goals, a touchdown, I think they win the game. I don't know how the Chargers are going to score. Listen, I like Eckler a lot. 
Uh, Kelly's a good second back. A lot of people talking about Kelly becoming the first back. Fine. I don't know how the Chargers are going to score. I don't. And Vegas isn't going to light it up either. So, I guess Vegas, tight, low-scoring game at home on Thursday night. Saturday, we got a triple header. 1 o'clock, Minnesota-Cincinnati. 4 o'clock, Pittsburgh-Indy. And the night game is Denver and Detroit. So, Minnesota-Cincinnati, it's going to be Nick Mullins. No, not the podcast. <laughs> Shout out to the Adam Freeland Show. And the Adam Freeland Show podcast. Nick Mullins, the Minnesota Viking quarterback, instead of Dobbs. And it should be Browning. He should be able to go for Cincinnati. If it's not Browning, it's A.J. McCarron. And again, not a great quarterback showing here. Justin Jefferson, I don't think he's going to play. Even though he came back, he got hurt. He went to the hospital, I'm pretty sure. So that was a crazy scene. Cincinnati is the better team, even with the quarterbacks being out. If the quarterbacks were in, I'd still love Burrow over Cousins, as you know. Uh, but I... I think Cincinnati's defense comes to play. That front four, front five that comes in on the routine, they are really good on that D-line and pressuring. So give me Cincinnati at home. Pittsburgh and Indy the next game. It's still going to be Mitch for Kenny, I believe, for the quarterback at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, uh, I'm hearing things about Tomlin. Tomlin would get a job within an hour being fired. I'm telling you that. Teams might fire their coach to try to get Tomlin. And then if they don't get Tomlin, they'll call their head coach back and listen, we tried to get Tomlin. Come back. Come back to the facility. Your key card works again. We just disabled it. We didn't delete your profile. <laughs> come back. Come back to the facility. We didn't get it. Um and Indy. Indy's not a good football team. I think I think that's obvious. Okay. They lost their rookie star so early in the season. They're in the game, thankfully, with their defense. They made it 14-14, and then, what, Cincinnati scored 20 straight? Yeah, 20 straight. Colts kind of get a mulligan on this season with the Richardson injury. Minshew's been exciting enough to give them chances to you know possibly win some football games, which I'm, I'm sure is nice. Pittsburgh has a better defense. Even though it's Mitch, even though they're on the road, Tomlin is a better coach than Shane Steckton. Come on, what are we doing here? Give me the Stillers. Denver, Detroit. I think everybody's going to be on Denver, especially after Detroit struggling here, not playing their best football. But I like Detroit at home. Answer the call, you know, Rise to the occasion, step up in the big spot, in prime time, standalone game, in your building, against a team you should beat. And I know people are going to be talking about Denver, Denver, here comes Denver. Den I, I don't, I'm out on Denver, and I'm going to be out on Denver, even though I do like Sean Payton. But I'm out on Denver. So Detroit, big spot, at home, I think they respond. Give me the line. All right, Sunday, 1 o'clock in New England, Kansas City. Trying to get right. A couple of tough games in a row for Kansas City here. They got to win out if they want to shot the one seed, it looks like. And I think that winning out starts in New England. New England is bad. 
I know Zappy and them get a win. They're feeling themselves last week. Zappy stinks. <laughs> I don't know. He, he stinks. Okay. And the Steelers were not good on Thursday night. And I know he'll have a good, you know, prep and plan for this game against Kansas City. Belichick will. But Kansas City is a pissed off football team looking to bury somebody. And I think it happens on Sunday. Jets go down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Dolphins, listen, the Dolphins need to win some football games to play some, like, play 60 minutes and finish teams off like they did earlier in the season. Because right now, the way they blew that game on Monday night, that was a disgrace. And that was an embarrassment to their fans. That was an embarrassment to the people that work for the Dolphins. That was, like The players and coaches should be in embarrassed about how they blew that game and I understand Rabel goes for two and they get it so it's it's I'm not gonna say it's lucky but the, it actually the math worked out for that once for somebody right so you got to give him credit but this Dolphin team is gonna be pissed I know the Jets are coming off playing a really good second half against the Texans where they knocked Stroud out of the game and they put it away give them credit now they go down to Miami Miami Similar to Kansas City, pissed off team. Uh, a good football team that's looking to bounce back after a bad loss where they were in control of the game with four minutes left dancing, thinking the game's over. I'm sure some people laugh being like, let's beat the traffic, let's get out of here. Um, you got work tomorrow? No? All right, we're going. <laughs> we're going to Fountain Blue. No. Um, but I think Miami responds in a big way at home against the New York football Jets. Chicago and Cleveland. And it looks like Flacco will be the guy the rest of the way. Even though he, there was, like, talks he was going on waivers to get, make sure the contract. Like, I don't know what the hell they were doing there. What if somebody claimed him? You know, that would have been crazy. Uh, but it will be Flacco. And the Bears are certainly more interesting and dynamic with Fields. When Fields is playing the way Justin Fields plays football, when he's successful, when he's either on time or making a quick decision to get out and run. You know, it, the problem is when he's hanging around, hanging around, and should have taken off running. He's like, well, I don't want to be a running court. Yo, man, you're athletic enough where if you get a big gainer, like a 30-yard run, guess what? Maybe somebody blocks down the field, and we get a, a, you make one guy miss, and you score a touchdown, and it's a 60-yard touchdown run instead of like a 30-yard gain, you know? So I think Fields, when he's comfortable, when he's you know fully fit, as they say across the pond, when he's 100% healthy, no nicks, no bruises, no knocks. He's a different player. But when he is nicked up, he doesn't have, um, or maybe he just doesn't use the instincts that he does when he's 100% healthy. So I think Chicago could absolutely win this game. Cleveland has some injuries on the back end uh, on their defense, which is the, the unit that's carrying them right now. I know Hunt's been good, and Flacco's been throwing some good deep balls fine. Chicago can win this game. I think Cleveland at home will just do enough. Houston and Tennessee, CJ Shroud's in concussion protocol, so he might go, he might not go. If he can't go, it's Davis Mills, who had some moments in his uh, starting quarterback tenure trying to develop as uh, a franchise guy before they got CJ Shroud, which I think everybody knew they were going to draft the quarterback with having those two high picks. So Tennessee coming off that win against Miami, Levis feeling himself, growing up in the league, I'm sure there's a lot of frustration from some of those guys on that team, 
but they are winning some games with him, and he is making some plays for them, and, and I'm sure that is rubbing off positively on the rest, of, the rest of the locker room. Defensively, they made some big plays when they needed to, um, and can they do that against a Houston team where if it is C.J. Stroud, a guy looking to bounce back after playing a bad game in New York. Let's see how he bounces back. I think he will if he can go. If Houston gets Stroud back out of the protocol, ready to go in this game, they keep him upright, he's making plays, Houston wins the game, going away. Because right now, like I love Rabel. Everybody knows I love Rabel. And I think Levis could work out for them, so I'm glad that could possibly work out because I do like Levis. I like his story. Um, and I, I said I love Rabel. But this combination in Houston between Ryans and Stroud and Andrew, the the two kids make plays every game, and the coach is making a lot of the right decisions in big spots. So I'm going to go Houston if Stroud can go. The New York football giants who are riding the DeVito train go down to Nolens, Nola, to take on the Saints. Saints right in the middle of that NFC South division race between them, Tampa, Atlanta, right? Saint fans very frustrated with what's happening on the field with Dennis Allen's team. And I understand that. But they should kind of just say, hey, we're not going to play great football. Let's just rally around these guys. They need us to rally around. They don't need us to boo them. They're not going to be a five. They're not going to be a great football team with a great record, but if we make enough noise, if we affect this game positively for our guys, if we turn their attitudes around, we can host a home playoff game, and then anything can happen. We've seen it happen in those situations. So I think New Orleans at home, and the Giants are riding a DeVito high. They pull it out against the Packers somehow. But now I think they go down to New Orleans, and everybody's going to be on the Giants and fired up because the Giants are an underdog here, and they got nothing to lose. and nothing, Right? Fair. All those things could be true, right? I think New Orleans' defense is a little better than people give them credit for right now. And I think, honestly, even though the Giant defense can make some plays here or there, I'm expecting Kamara to have a big game, and I'm expecting... Olave to have a big game. So give me the Saints at home. Atlanta goes to Carolina, and Atlanta has to find ways to win football games, especially on the road, and especially against teams in division to help their division record for the tiebreaker, and it's a team that is worse than them. Go find a way to beat a team on the road. I, I think Carolina stinks. They're in trouble. They don't have a lot of talent. They don't have a lot of talent from the coaches that are helping coach up these young guys. And you could hate Arthur Smith, fine. And you could say he doesn't call the best game, fine. I can't disagree with those things. That you hate him and he doesn't call a great game. First one's very personal. The second one you could argue about, right? But I do think... Those guys are playing for him because they would have given up already. If they didn't believe in Arthur Smith, they would have given up already. And you can argue, well, they just gave up last week. I don't know if they did. I thought Bake won in that game. Give him Bake credit. Give the give the Bucks some credit. So I think Atlanta, if they're about making this interesting the whole rest of the way here, down the stretch of the season, 
you got to win in Carolina. I mean, that's just really, really simple. The third team, Tampa Bay, they go to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Packers coming off that loss. Bucks coming off that big win against Atlanta in the division to get to that three-way tie. I think this is an interesting game. I think for some reason we can get some points here. I think with both defenses, specifically Green Bay, has given up their share of points, and Tampa's kind of due for um, them giving up some points. So I think the zero zero fine. The weather holds off, which I think it will. I don't think it'll be wet, and maybe if it's a little windy, fine. But if it's just you know, if it's not swirling, I don't think it's big that big of an issue. I think we get some points in this game. And I don't know who wins it. I, I'm really, like, obviously you would think Green Bay bounces back at home, find a way to win a football game. You know, Tampa, off the emotional division road win. Can they go up to Lambeau and rally again for two weeks in a row? The, the signs point to the Packers, right? So do you take Tampa? I definitely like the total, that's for sure. I mean, even even 22-20 or 24-20, you know, that, that gets us there. I will take Green Bay. San Francisco travels to Arizona. Arizona's a bad football team. We talked about this when they beat the Cowboys. I said that's going to be a really bad loss when you look back at it because that team's going to have maybe four wins max. If anything, maybe three. I'd be shocked if, you know. San Francisco's rolling. Playing really good ball. When they're relatively healthy on offense, between Purdy, Debo, Trent Williams, they don't lose. McCaffrey stayed upright. Uh, Kittle's been having a good year. And Purdy's developed really well. Like, I know people can knock him. I know people can be like system QB, all these things. He's been playing the position really well in a lot of spots. So I think you got to give him credit instead of knocking him. Now, Arizona building year. I still don't think they got the coach right. And he beat my team, so sure, people can just be, well, he, he beat your team, so he got something right. Okay, yeah, fine, whatever. <sighs> Stupid McCarthy. Um, so this has got to be a bloodbath, right? I think, yeah, I think it's San Francisco in a big spot. In, in a big way. Not really a big spot. Sorry. Uh, Washington and the LA Rams. I think the Rams are going to find their way into the postseason. I don't think they're going to be able to pick somebody off in the postseason, but maybe they give somebody a game. Washington, to me, I know Howell's been thrown for a lot of yards, but he turns the ball over so much. There's not really like a true running game that I'm in love with. Defensively, they traded away two of their best players in the last 10 years on that side of the ball. It's just not a lot from Washington that I like. And there's a lot from the Rams that I do. Starts with the coach in McVay. He's a winner. Stafford has been so good when he's healthy enough. And Donald was running around chasing Lamar. He almost made 27 plays back there last week. Rams bounce back after the big effort and overtime loss against Baltimore. Washington comes all the way to them. Please, come on. Give me the Rams. Cowboys-Bills. Very interesting game. 
And it would be interesting. I don't know if it'd be more interesting if the Bills were a similar record to the Cowboys or where they are at, as desperate as they are to, to get wins. They're at home. Cowboys, it's obviously a letdown spot opportunity. Coming off the win against the Eagles, you would think go up to Buffalo, play a desperate team, lay an egg, Buffalo wins, people start knocking the Cowboys again. And if that happens, don't be shocked by that narrative. Don't be shocked by that that outcome if, if that's what happens. If Dallas goes up there, doesn't play a great game, Bills respond uh, and continue after the Chiefs win. But here's the difference, I think, in that. The Cowboys, what does that defense do really well? Get turnovers. And Josh, I know... He's been trying to clean it up, but he throws picks. He fumbles. So I think the Cowboys defense is going to present enough opportunities to the Cowboy offense where even if the Cowboy offense isn't as sharp as it was against the Philadelphia Eagles, they will get enough points to find a way to win this game against Buffalo. And I know it's on the road. I know it'll be maybe it'll be tough conditions. I'm not sure. Uh, some people call for wet conditions. Some people not, whatever. That's up to the... The higher power, whatever. So, uh, you can't really worry about it until it's there. You can only prepare for it, what you can do with all different cleats and all that kind of stuff. So, listen, uh, yeah, you're going to pick the Cowboys. You're a homer. Fine. I am. I think this Cowboys team is really, really good. And you're saying, you've been saying that for... Yes, I have. But also, I think this team's defense has never been better. And I know Diggs is out. They could lose Hankins for a little bit here. But they're still so talented at every level. And offensively, they've been doing really well, too. So, give me Dallas. Sunday night, Baltimore and Jacksonville. Could be a weather game here. I honestly expect Jacksonville to win this game. If Lawrence is healthy enough to be mobile, escape the pocket when he has to, because the Raven defense is good. You know, those linebackers... Queen, they got Roquan Smith. He's been in there. They've paired up very, very well. Former SEC combatants. You know, they're on the same side of the ball. That LSU-Georgia connection, respectively. So I respect the Baltimore defense with the players they have. I was critical early on, I thought of them. And then they, did, they shut down the Lions. They shut down the Seahawks. So I had to give them credit. But I think if Jacksonville... With Lawrence gets healthy. I know it's Sunday, but it's Sunday night, so it's one of the longer recovery times you could have. I know next week they're coming back short week, technically fine. But the fact that it is Sunday night, I think, helps them out. They're at home. Baltimore, I don't think waltzes to the one. I think this race gets really interesting again in the AFC between... Uh, Kansas City, Miami, and the Ravens for that one seed. And that means that the Ravens have to lose the game. And I think they lose this game against Jacksonville on the road. Um, I think Jacksonville comes to play. I think Josh Allen has a big game for them. And I think Lamar might struggle a little bit. And they didn't really run the ball necessarily well against the Rams. It looked like they just got some big plays on offense through the passing game. And then they also had some bad plays in the passing game. All right, Monday night, Philly and Seattle. 
Going to be bad weather up in the Pacific Northwest. Gino could go for the Seahawks. Otherwise, it's him or Drew Locke, as we know. Eagles have to bounce back. At some point, they have to get right and play some good football, some complimentary football, because even in those close wins, they weren't playing the best ball. And now with the back-to-back losses against the other two NFC contenders, you got to shift back, find a way to beat a team in the NFC that could possibly be in the postseason, as we know, with Seattle. On the road, tough environment, tough conditions. Let's see what your ball club's made of. I think we'll learn a lot about the Philadelphia Eagles this year's version on Monday night. Because, yes, Sirianni can talk about, I know this team. We, you know, we... And fair, early in the season and in this run, they've been down at half. And they've come back and won. Well, the last two weeks, they were down at half and didn't respond. So, let's see what they do this week. I'm very interested to see what happens on Monday night between the Philadelphia Eagles and Seattle Seahawks. And honestly, I will pick the Eagles because I think they do bounce back, and at some point they got to get right again. Um, and if it's Drew Locke, I don't see Drew Locke beating the Eagles. All right. So I was NFL Week 15. We got some college football bowls. The LA Bowls, UCLA, Boise. Boise always gets up for bowl games. I wonder how Chip Kelly is going to respond to get his guys ready, the UCLA Bruins. I, I, I would like Boise State in that game. I think Boise State always gets ready. Independence Bowl is Cal, Texas Tech. Wilcox for Cal. Good coach. They rarely get to bowl games. I think they'll be fired up for that, so we'll see what happens there. All right, soccer, Champions League, Match A6, Group A. Bayern beat Man U 1-0. It was a Kingsley Coman goal, and Copenhagen beat Galatasaray 1-0. So Copenhagen joins Bayern Munich out of that Group A. Man U scored 12 goals and finished last in the group. Bounced out of European competition. Group B, already decided. PSV hosted Arsenal. It was Eddie Nketiah goal that got Arsenal, uh, I think, level, right? Or no, they went up 1-0, and then PSV scored. So 1-1. Len beat Sevilla. They'll go to Europa. Sevilla out of Europe as well. They join Man U out. Group C, we knew Real Madrid was through. They beat Union Berlin 3-2 in Germany. But who was to get second? It was Napoli beating Sporting Braga, 2-0. An own goal, got the scoring starter. And then Osman, a big goal, put them through to the knockout. Group D, Inter Real Sociedad. We know both these teams are going through. It was what order? It was, it was a draw. It was Real Sociedad on top. And the outcome was a draw. So Sociedad first, Inter second. Benfica beat Salzburg 3-1. Group B, Atletico beat Lazio 2-0 for first place with Lazio going to get second. Celtic beat Fenador 2-1 at Celtic Park. Group F, group of death. Dortmund PSG finished 1-1. That was good enough for PSG to get through in second after Dortmund had already clinched. Adeyemi, the goal scorer for Dortmund, and Zaire Emery scored for PSG. Honestly, Mbappe should have had maybe a hat trick. Colomanani should have had a brace, but PSG draw. Newcastle AC Milan rendered this game... Uh, to figure out who was going to Europa, but otherwise it's a knockout stage, useless. Milan went at 2-1. Joelington put Newcastle up and had St. James Park rocking, but a Pulisic equalizer and a Chikawosie winner for AC Milan. Group G, Man City beat Red Star 3-2. Pep played a bunch of the kids, and Rebel Leipzig beat Young Boys 2-1. Those are the two teams going through in that group. Group H, Porto beat Shakhtar 5-3 to go through, and Barca loses to Antwerp, but they had already won the group, so no big deal there. So the teams qualified. Bayern Munich, Copenhagen, 
Arsenal, PSV, Real Madrid, Napoli, Real Sociedad, Inter, Atletico, Madrid, Lazio, Borussia Dortmund, PSG, Man City, Rebel Leipzig, and Barca, Porto. Four teams from Spain. Only two from England with Arsenal and Man City going through after United and Newcastle were bounced. Two from Germany, right? Yeah. One from the Netherlands. One from Portugal. One from Denmark. Yeah, I mean, one, two from Italy, one from Italy, one from Italy, and Napoli. Two, Lazio, that's what it was. So, oh, three from Germany, Rupp, Leipzig, sure. So, you can almost kind of map out the matchups, and the draw will be coming up, so we'll look ahead to the matchups soon. But if you're in the same country, you can't play in the quarter, in the round of 16. In the quarterfinal, you can. Obviously, in the semi, it's possible. In the final, it's always possible. But, um,. Round of 16, you cannot be drawn to somebody out of your own group and also somebody in your own country. So you can kind of start to uh, see the percentages. Let's see what the percentages look like, actually. Let's, let's, let's look. Let's look. Let's look. Round of 16. Round of 16 draw possibilities. Possible draw. Let's see. What do we got here? So, Arsenal, Atletico, Barca, Bayern, Dortmund, City, Real Madrid, Real Sociedad are the seeded teams. Copenhagen, Inter, Lazio, Napoli, PSG, Porto, PSV, Rebel Leipzig. Right. So, if you won your group, you can't play another team that won their group. If you lost your group, you can't play another Or you got second, you can't play a team that got second. Right. So... It's going to be very, very interesting. I'm very excited to see what happens in this Champions League draw. Very excited, folks. All right. Uh, let's go to a weekend soccer preview now. Starting the EPL. Forrest and Tottenham. Tottenham still a little banged up, as we know, for Big Ange. Forrest with Steve Cooper. A lot of people talking about, hey, if he loses, he's out. In the next couple of matches, he's going to get sacked. I don't think that's happening. But I do think this game will be exciting at the city ground. Forest don't really, you know, lose at home. Tottenham play the high line. It's going to get interesting, I think. Give me a Forest 3-2 win. Somehow it's crazy with scoring. Newcastle, Fulham. Newcastle trying to bounce back. Um, they are at home. They welcome in a Fulham team that's just given everybody five goals each. So Fulham will come in with full confidence. Newcastle getting bounced in the Champions League will not have a ton of confidence. And they're out of Europe as well, if I'm not mistaken. So this is kind of all they have now. <laughs> and they're in a tough spot in the league. So you get top four last year. You go to Champions League. You don't get out of the group. And then you don't even get to Europa. And now you're struggling in the league. So we'll see what happens with Newcastle, but they welcome in Fulham, and Fulham are riding high. So Fulham are going to want a big, big shout at St. James Park. Man City take on Crystal Palace, and if Crystal Palace or the Lise or Eze aren't fully fit, they cannot possess the ball. They will not be able to play the way they want to play. They'll have to you know, park the bus and, and hope against Man City, which is not a, bold, uh, a very good strategy. It really isn't. It's not a bold strategy either. It's not a good one as well. Chelsea, Sheffield United. Chelsea have to bounce back. They have been 
I don't want to say manhandled, but the, there's been some, some poor efforts from them recently for Pochettino. I don't think, you know, would Bowley sack Poch? I, I really don't think so, especially with the fact that they have all these guys that he kind of wanted and they bring them in on these young these contracts, these young guys. Like, I don't think sacking them at, like, especially with all the interest. Like, think about, you name Reese James your captain, he's played like six games. You name Chilwell the vice captain, he's played about four games. So the leadership group that you had and wanted to have run your squad isn't able to help and be in there moment to moment in your dressing room, on the training pitch, on the on the mat, uh, on the stadium grounds. You know, so I think that's a big deal for Chelsea. Unfortunately, like they they've had a lot of injuries to some key players and captains. Like missing captains really hurt. Uh, all that being said, Sheffield United stinks, so give me Chelsea. Bournemouth against Luton. Luton have, and this is kind of a let-up for them in the sense of this is an opportunity for them to get some points away from home, away from Kenilworth Road. And even though they've had, you know, matches turned around, the City match, the Arsenal match where they lost the games, they did get a point against Liverpool, which is a big point. But now they go away from home and they're not playing one of the title contenders and they play a Bournemouth team that this could be a six-pointer for sure and, and certainly viewed as one. So uh, Bournemouth have been playing better with the Areola manager. And I think Bournemouth with Billing, Solanke, they get a big result. Burnley and Everton, six-pointer here. Everton have been playing... Us against the world football since the 10-point deduction came down from the FA and the Premier League. And even though it's kind of like a 4-4-1-1, four, four, one, one, it can morph into 4-3-3 if he's playing McNeil, if he's playing Harrison on the wings. They've sorted out a lot of what they needed to with Deitch. And he's going to go back to turf more against his former club and the club that sacked him and basically be like, here's the new me, look out, we're going to run you through. And company, I think, is going to want to play out and be like, no, this is the style we play now. And Deitch's Everton are just going to muck it up and find a way to win the game like one nil. West Ham Wolves. West Ham are going to concede goals. They have not figured out that back line. I like a lot of the guys they have in the midfield. I think Paqueta, Kudas has been a great signing. When they sell Paqueta this, even January, I don't think so. But this summer, they're going to sell Paqueta. Kudas has been a really, really good signing and comes in and helps out. Do they move? Like, Bowen, somebody's going to come for Jared Bowen at some point. One of the big clubs. As, you know, either help on that right side or to become that right side starter. Bowen is going to be on a big six club suit. I, I truly believe that. Wolves, Cunha, they got to get uh, Neto back. When he's back in play, it, it's it's different when they go forward. Hawang's been so good. You got to give him credit. He's been excellent. Uh, and I think this will be a high scoring game. Me too, too. Brentford Villa. This is not at Villa Park, so it will not just, just be a Villa win. You can't just pen that in. Um, Brentford, 
they're dying to either get Tony back or move on or get some troops in January. They need some help. They they need some guys to come in and, and fill some gaps for them because they, they're playing a lot of the same guys. And sometimes he's playing kids, Thomas Frank, that are not playing the right position and trying to make debuts and make things happen. They shouldn't be. That being said, does the Villa streak finally run out? Are they going to run out of momentum here? No, give me a 1-1 draw. Arsenal-Brighton, interesting match here. Arsenal, going to try to go top again, I believe, if they get the win, depending on what Liverpool do next, and we'll touch on them as they're the last game of the weekend. Brighton with the Zerbi, he's had a lot of injuries, but he's making it work. They're getting some results, but they've also struggled in some moments. Um, coming off a 1-1 draw, I think they bounce back, but they still get a draw. So that does that make sense in the sense that I think they get another, they play a better performance, and Arsenal, Arsenal are leaving it too late really often. I think at one point it's going to catch up with them, so give me 2-2. Two, two. Liverpool, Man U, and I understand people are going to be like, Liverpool are going to kill Man U, Man U. Listen, Man U are going to come to Anfield with a different attitude than last year. And also, I know that Bruno got booked for dissent, so he's he's suspended for this game. That might be a good thing for Manchester United, the way that uh, Brat walks around the pitch, to be honest. So I think that might be a good move for United that they have their captain suspended. And think about how I was just talking about you know their captain with the Chelsea stuff. Uh, not having them on the pitch and how important they are for the leadership. I think this might be an ad this is addition by subtraction for United possibly. Now, who they got on the wings between Anthony who stinks, Sancho still hasn't apologized to Ten Hag, uh, Varane can't get back in the team. Uh, they want to move on from Casemiro. So yes, Man U are in that crisis. They, they somehow they still had Manager of the Month last month and all these kind of things. Um, they still won three from three somehow, I'm pretty sure. And he got manager of the month of November, right, Ten Hag. But now they're bounced from Europe. Not just out of Champions League, out of Euro Europa as well. And now they go to Anfield where they gave up seven. To, let me remind you, not as good of a team. This Liverpool team is much better. I think that's obvious, right? That's got to be. So, I don't think it's seven. I don't think it's five. I don't think it gets embarrassing. But I think it's it's the least decisive 2-0. I don't think United score, even though Liverpool line is banged up, as we know. But the Liverpool midfield is much better than it's been in recent years. So, I expect them to dominate a United midfield that's in shambles. And also a United attack that isn't scoring goals. So give me Liverpool. La Liga is Atletico Athletic. Valencia, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Villarreal. Arona plays on Monday, I think. Uh, Genoa, Juventus in Serie A. Napoli hosts Casieri, AC Milan, and Monza at the San Siro. Roma go to Bologna. Lazio hosts Inter in the capital. And Atalanta welcomes San Martino. Bundesliga, Dortmund goes to Augsburg. Rebel Leipzig welcome in Hoffenheim. Leverkusen. Hosts Frankfurt and Munich and Stuttgart battle in the Alnias. Ligue 1 Lily against PSG. All right, college basketball here. 
UConn, Gonzaga, Friday night. What a game that is. UConn is just like, we will play anybody, any place. They are literally doing the Pat Hill of college basketball. Dan Hurley is like, we'll go anywhere. You line it up, get some refs, tell the crowd to show up, we'll show up too, and we'll play. Their out-of-conference has been outstanding. Um, it's only going to help them. So the national champion, reigning national champs, go to Gonzaga to take on Mark Fuse, Zags. That's a great game. Kansas and Indiana. I think Kansas will obviously take it to Indiana, but Woodson's guys will be up for the test. I think it'll be physical, and we'll see Dickinson probably get mad, I'm sure, because him against Indiana was always a, a war with him and Trace Jackson Davis and, and company there. Baylor, Michigan State, and I know Michigan State, and I talked about possible national championship, and they have a billion losses already, so you're like, AJ, you're an idiot. Michigan State's a good team, and Baylor's a good team, so we'll see what happens there. Houston and A&M. Buzz Williams has A&M playing some good ball, but Sampson, year one, Big 12, Houston's looking to just put teams in body bags. Clemson's a good team. They go to Memphis. Ohio State goes to UCLA. The big one, Arizona Purdue. I think it's only on Peacock, which is insane. It's just, it's just, a, it's so bad, guys. It's just so bad. It's so bad. Um, that's a great basketball game. The bigs of Purdue, the guards of Arizona. Uh, UNC and Kentucky is a great game. Alabama Creighton's a great game. USC Auburn is a good game with Bronny back. Then you got Oregon Syracuse as well. So a lot of good college basketball this weekend, especially Saturday and some on Friday night. All right. Let's go to the picks portion of the show, and we start here with Survivor Pool Locks. All right, Survivor Pool Locks. 30 and 12 on the season. Pick number one. I know it's on the road. This one's at least not in division. There's a I broke a couple rules with these ones. But this is Kansas City going to New England. They got to bounce back. They've struggled. And now they're playing a really bad football team. Go on the road. Find a way to win a game. You don't have to be impressive, to be honest. Just win the football game. So pick number one is Kansas City in New England. Pick number two. L.A. Rams at home against the Washington Commanders. Better team. Better coach. Better quarterback. Better defense. Team possibly going to the playoffs against the team not going to the playoffs. Give me the Rams at home. Pick number two. And pick number three, I know it's on the road. I know it's in division, and you probably used San Francisco already, but oh, my God. Arizona's really bad. San Francisco's rolling. If, if San Francisco loses this game, to me, maybe we have to start, you know, not considering them the best team in the NFC, but we'll see. But pick number three will be San Francisco on the road in Arizona. So 30-12 on the season. Into this week 15, Sir Apple Locks, Kansas City, in New England, pick number one. The LA Rams at home against the Washington Commanders, pick number two. And the San Francisco 49ers on the road in division in Arizona, taking on the Cardinals. So that's the Sir Locks for week 15. All right.
Um, next up is the pick six. The FFFSOSS pick six for week 15 in the National Football League, the league where they play. on the season. Try to finish it off right. I'm still going to go with some primetime unders. I might lean away from them down the stretch, but we'll still go with them here. So pick number one, that being said, Chargers Raiders under 35 on Thursday night. I talked about it in the preview. I really don't see the scoring happening. You say, AJ, you said that about the Steelers-Patriots game. Right, I was wrong. What do you want me to say? I was wrong about that one. This one, I, I, no Herbert, no Keenan Allen. The Raiders just scored zero points for 60 minutes. They only gave up three points in 60 minutes uh, as a compliment. The Chargers, a couple weeks ago, scored six and gave up zero. I don't know how many points we're going to get in this game. So, therefore, I'm going to go Chargers, Raiders, under 35, pick number one. Pick number two, we're going to Detroit. I'm not taking the under here because I can see this game somehow getting out of hand because Detroit's defense does worry me. But this is more of a pick about the Broncos. I don't think the Broncos are that good. I think everybody's going to be riding the Broncos. The people are going to see the Broncos as an underdog against Detroit and Detroit and be like, the Lions aren't that good. Why are they favoring? Here come the Broncos. The Broncos are... I know you could say, AJ, they're begging you to take the lines. You're walking into it. Well, I looked. A lot of people are on the Broncos. So I'll take the Lions minus four. Pick number two. Pick number three. And I'm probably going to get some flack for this. I'm going against DeVito. I'm going against the family. Going against the attack. New Orleans minus three is pick number three against the New York Football Giants. I think the Saints have the defense. Special teams has been awesome for them recently. And offensively, I think they have enough to go up against a giant defense that at some point is going to break again and give up 30-plus. So pick number three, I like the Saints minus six at home. Against the G Pick number three. I said this when we were previewing the games. Uh, I was struggling with who I was going to pick to win, but I did know I had this on the back end, which was Tampa Green Bay over 41. If the weather holds up, I think we'll be fine here. Green Bay's been giving up some points. I think Tampa's been giving up uh, some points. I think they're due to give up more. Green Bay thought they won the game Monday night against the Giants with the big drive and then only for their defense to give it up right down the field for, uh, for uh, the Giants to make the field goal on top of them. Fat Randy, right? Shout out Fat Randy. Bucks with a, a big comeback win for Bake. 
I like both offenses to score against both defenses here. I think we go over 41. Tampa, Green Bay, over 41 is pick number four. Pick number five. We go to Sunday night. And I think we get a tight, tight, close contest. I think it's a tight, tight game. Ravens, Jacks. You know, could you see a rematch in the division round? Possibly, you know. In Jacksonville, gonna be some weather, I'm sure. Maybe sloppy. Maybe we got issues with the footing. Offense is struggling with that. Baltimore, Jacksonville, under 43. Pick number five. Pick number six, Monday night. I know if Gino goes, this could be in trouble. I know, but the Eagles offense has not been good the last few weeks. They've been struggling. I think they might continue to struggle, but they find a way to win the game, but the total will be under 48 points. Philly, Seattle, under 48 is pick number six. So, pick number one, Chargers, Raiders, under 35 on Thursday night. Pick number two, the Detroit Lions, minus four at home against the Denver Broncos on Saturday night. We go to Sunday, pick number three, Saints, minus six in the Dome against the New York Football Giants and DeVito. Pick number four, Tampa, Green Bay, over 41 in Lambeau. Pick number five, Baltimore, Jacksonville, under 43 on Sunday night. And pick number five, Philly and the Seattle Seahawks, under 48 on Monday night. Chargers, Raiders, under 35. Lions, minus four. Saints, minus six. Bucks, Packers, over 41. Ravens, Jags, under 43. Eagles, Seahawks, under 48, the week 15, FFFSOSS. Pick six for the National Football League. So we sign it off on this Thursday edition of the pod. We will recap NFL Week 15. We will recap some weekend soccer. Look ahead to some more bowls, I'm sure. A ton of college basketball to talk about. And we will, of course, follow up on these Survivor Pool Locks and Pick 6 on next Tuesday's show. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the big football games. Liverpool menu. Maybe a stream Sunday. Probably not, if we're being honest. But maybe. 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 All right. Everybody have a good weekend. Talk to you next week. Until then, peace. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.